What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. Let's go. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's intercepted at the 40. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Salty Dogs Podcast 2020 version, complete with Social distancing as we sit at opposite ends of this gigantic conference table. I know. It's hard to believe a week has gone by already. Yeah, we did our first one last week. We mm-hmm. didn't have a guest, but this week we will, and we're very yep. excited about it. We're going to help introduce some of our young guys, our rookies and so on, to people here. And they haven't. we haven't had much of a chance to do any of that yet. It works both ways. It's for them and for <laughs> us. By the way, I am Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And this is a podcast where we mostly talk about Tampa Bay Buccaneers football. Yep. Uh, you know, some other things from time to time. But Is there anything else to talk about other than... Well, sometimes you'll go off on tangents. Oh, like I was the guy last week <laughs> reciting movie lines. Okay. Guilty. Yeah. All right. Guilty. Don't bring that up again or it'll start all over. Uh, it's a, that's fine. So, um, what's new with the Buccaneers? Well, today was what you would probably call the first real practice. Mm-hmm. It wasn't... It was resembling what you would do in phase two of the off-season program, which usually lasts several weeks, but in this weird year, lasts two days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So they were running what you'd call perfect drills, routes on air, can't do offense versus defense Mm, for the next two days. Right. Then on Friday and then again on Sunday with the mandatory off-day in between will be days that are like OTAs, which you— which are fun. Usually have about 10 to 12 of those, though. This year, it's two. Mm-hmm. So everything is just compressed. But then Monday comes the real fun. Yeah. So in OTAs, you can go offense versus defense, but there's no pads, no contact. Monday will be the first day that Buccaneer football players will run into each other. Yeah. On purpose. Softly at first. On purpose. Well, I mean, everything else was supposed to be the ramp up to that. All this well, other stuff true. is called the ramp up period. So they better be ready to go once the pads go on. Because there's... Hey, even if, if you walk out there thinking, I'm going to take it a little bit easy, there's going to be some guys out there that aren't going to take it easy. Oh, that's and then true. Because you'll be on the wrong end of that. Yeah. And yeah. It's like uh, Bruce Arians said, I don't like people hitting each other or tackling each other, but it's what we have to do right now for this. He, he has said that he anticipates having some a bit more of contact, full yeah. contact drills because there's been just so little football. But I don't know, man. You can't have too much more because no. coaches don't want to risk it too often hurting their own players. No, no. And I think that's that very fine line, that balance of how do you – but then once you start putting pads on and helmets on and you say, okay, well, you're supposed to, you're supposed to hit a little bit. You can't. It's going to end up – you know, does it ever really get the game day speed? Mm, well, no. And you're really supposed to, like, not really tackle them to the ground. Yeah. You're just what they call pro-thud. So you, you're trying to hit, but you're not really – However, that being said, all these rules have changed so much, you know, Yeah. considering that this new year. I'm surprised you, you can roll off the top of your head uh, each day what it was supposed to be. I had to write a story about it. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Because uh, I, I keep going to the, the schedule. Okay, what's today? <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. If you want to um, uh, know what's coming each week mm-hmm. in training camp, every Monday I'll have a story called, appropriately enough, 
on Buccaneers.com. Appropriately enough, this week in Buccaneers training camp. Ah. <laughs> so it'll just tell you what's coming. This week in Buccaneers training, training camp? Twib notes. Did for, you um, did you think about this, or was this the creative department? That I was told heads? to do that. Oh, I see. The department can, came together. It's, it's helping out it. the fans. It was a good idea. It's a great idea. Do you remember um, this week in baseball? I do. It was, I used to love that It was show. on Saturday. Was it Mel Allen? Or I who think was that it? sounds right. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was highlights back in the era when you didn't get to get right. daily highlights. It was a big deal on, on Saturdays. Yeah, uh, it was on Saturday afternoons. Kind of like Monday Night Football where uh, you were hoping your team, Howard Cosell, said something about you. Yeah. The, oh, the half times. <laughs> yeah. The half times. Only thing you saw. Monday Night Football half times was like my favorite, my mm-hmm. favorite t- part of television of the entire week. Yep. Because that's when you got your highlights. It was so great. Yeah. And he was so good at it. it excellent. That's way better than what we have now. I wish and they that, would just go back to that. I, I read a book about that, and he did that all off the cuff. Did he really? Yeah. He, they would just roll the tape, and he would talk. And what was what's really funny, if you, if you see the photos of it, they they didn't have headset microphones like this. They had a microphone on a chain that kind of was like a big mic. It kind of <laughs> rested on your chest, and it was kind of like like this. So you you'd still have your hands free, kind of like a food trough, yeah, around your neck. Right, right. Uh, yeah, that the reason I even brought up this week in baseball is because they had notes and they call them Twib notes, uh, T W I B. And then I, I thought this week in Buccaneers camp, I like Twib it. camp notes. I like it. Yeah. So. What else is going on? Mm. Um, there's been a lot of you know who's been probably the most discussed Buccaneer over the last week. The, he's he's oh. he's on the the hype train is on full steam for him, which I think is a good thing in this case. Who who was the guy getting hyped for the Buccaneers a year ago, particularly when you threw threw fantasy football into the mix? Do you know who it was? Who was getting huge amount of hype going into last year? You know how I feel about fantasy. Football. I know, but it was right. overall, but right. the fantasy f- football well, speculation Mike, helped fuel it. I would say Mike Evans. No, he was already there. Oh. Who, who was the guy getting hyped oh. as your breakout player? Oh, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. Look what happened there. Yeah. So, you know, I've seen some people go, oh, man, they're really hyping up Rojo. Well, first of all, we're not the ones hyping him up. No. We're just reporting what the coach says. But um, that's that could be a good thing because if Rojo is this year's Chris Godwin, well, the offense is going to be in really good shape. I thought he did. If you if you didn't see it, you should go to Bucks.com and, and take a look at the um, the Zoom interview. Yeah, it was he good. He did. It was very good. He did a really nice job. My big takeaway from, uh, from it was about his pass catching. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about – uh, in this case, it's not just, I think I'm going to be a better pass catcher this year. It's it, There was very specific things he was talking about, like uh, how he's running his routes. And, and Tom Brady telling him, run your routes like you already have the ball in your hands. That's interesting. And he took that to heart. Um, but Tom Brady also is very precise with all his guys out there about how to run routes. We were talking about that last right. week, weren't we? Where, right. Yeah, how he was saying go to go, – He'll throw a pass to yeah. he'll throw a pass to that he just expects you to catch and run out of bounds, mm-hmm. but in here, but he'll throw it somewhere else if he wants you to right. turn up. So he's very precise about how guys run the routes. So that's going to help uh, Rojo. I thought it was interesting that he he made the comment that his first year, everything was just like a foreign language to him. You talking about Rojo? Rojo yeah. coming in and because of what he did in college to what what he was expected in the NFL, and it was somewhat. It seemed like it was just overwhelming. For him, he Maybe became so. overwhelmed and 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 really just the, never got a shot after it started out. Slowly. Yeah, the worse it got, the, yeah. the, the, you know, it just snowballed off. And they, him. the offense just kind of moved on mm-hmm. without him. But then this year, he was talking about how he really is working on pass catching, not trying, but just put putting in the work. I guess that's the term. He's putting in the work, making sure it's getting done. Um, yeah, know, and practicing. 
Yeah, and, and if, as far as his hands go, you know, he used to be the way a lot of people would be if they're not natural pass catchers. They let the ball into their body and just mm-hmm. try to catch it against their body, which obviously Todd McNair, the running backs coach, worked with him a huge amount last year on his ca- hand, on his catching technique, mm-hmm. and and he was good. He The volume wasn't huge. He had 31 catches, but that was on only 40 targets, and he only had one dropped pass all year, and he averaged 10.0 yards per, per reception, which is better than, say, Christian McCaffrey. I right. mean, those plays were working. Now, if Rojo caught, like, 100 passes like McCaffrey did, that average would probably come down a little bit. So I'm not trying to say Rojo's better than Christian McCaffrey. No. Don't anybody quote me as saying right. that. But I'm just giving you an idea that 10.0 yards per catch is very good for a running back. Mm-hmm. And about 9.3 of those were after the catch, which is not unusual for, for a running back to get most of his yards after the catch because you catch a lot of swing passes. Right. And you even catch some passes in the backfield, so you might start at, like, negative four. So a seven-yard catch on a ball you caught four yards in the backfield you get 11 yards after the catch see what i'm saying yeah and i i also think you know when you were saying the hype um i do find it interesting that bruce arians is talking a lot about him and and he's he's talking about him with a lot of confidence yeah he just said he's the main guy there was no hesitation right and that's that's he said everybody else is fighting for roles so it's exciting. He's put on. He said he put on seven or eight more pounds yeah, he, of muscle. He, he, yeah, he he's looked, at about two twenty-five. Yeah, Which, a lot of guys did that. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I think that's about as big as you want him to get, though. Mm-hmm. He already looked like a big guy. Yeah, well, he's he not a little back. No, no, no. So, yeah, that's going to be the Rojo thing is going to be exciting. Hopefully, all the uh, excitement about him proves to be warranted. Mm-hmm. And we I, did have. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm 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 rooting for him because. He's that guy, you know. He's yeah. he's a pretty nice guy, and I'm, I'm I'm rooting that if he can get back to the form what they thought he was going to be, because he's fast. I think he's the fastest. I mean, he's really fast. Yeah, you want to get him out there in the open field. Mm-hmm. Um, we did it. We've had a few roster moves, not a ton. The Buccaneers started, if you want to call it camp, which they were calling it camp, like at the beginning of August, a little over eighty, uh, because at that point you didn't have to get down to. 80 from what was originally going to be a 90-man limit until August 16th. But for practical purposes, they really needed to be down to 80 by today because if you're over 80, you um, you have to split your practices into two. Uh, by that, that was the NFL. That was a rule agreed upon in the restructured CBA agreements because of all this. Um, uh, so really it needed to be today, and they are. They're, they're actually at 79 at the moment. Um after uh, Jaden Mickens, who had been cut just before camp, was re-signed, and a rookie named Travis Johnson was released. He had an injury. He was waived, waived injured. Um, I think uh, Tyler Johnson has missed a little bit of time. We were told that by Bruce Arians last week, and today you could see he was still working with the tra- trainers. So, you know, there was maybe a little bit of depth issue there, and that's why Jaden Mickens was brought back. But you have 11 guys now. So... But what I was getting around to was earlier in the offseason when we thought the, the roster limit was 90 and the Bucks didn't go all the way up to 90. They were sitting at about 86. And uh, in a normal offseason, you would have pumped it all the way to 90 because you wanted all the bodies you could have for practices and OTAs and so on. But we didn't have any of those, so there was no real rush. And if you recall, Bruce, I think it was Bruce, said he and Jason were purposely saving some spots mm-hmm. because they might make a veteran addition or two, maybe at inside or outside linebacker. Something like that. Well, that's not really the, the case anymore. Now, you, as it turned out, you actually had to trim the roster from where they were to get down to 80. 
And, you know, a few things happen. The tackle, the first-year tackle, Brad Seaton, um, who's a depth guy. He's uh-huh. yet to play a regular season game. But, but coaches said they liked what he did last year. He was on the practice squad for the entire season. He's also huge. He's like six foot eight. With DeMar Dotson no longer here, he's the tallest guy on the team. But he exercised his option to opt out for the season because of COVID, and he did it on the last day before the deadline. So I'm sure it was not an easy decision for no, him. No, I wouldn't think it would be. I don't think it would be easy for anybody, either side. Mm-mm. But so that, that he doesn't count against the roster, so that cleared a spot too. But it's interesting to note that that was the only Buccaneer who opted out. Yeah, which was and, – and we were wondering if there was going to be others. Yeah, and Coach said it, and I'm sure this is the way all coaches feel – that's a personal decision, and if a person makes it, they respect it. It doesn't necessarily make things easier for the coach and the team, but they would respect it and wouldn't, wouldn't say a word, right? Correct. So I guess we should feel happy and lucky that the Buccaneers only had one, and he's not a starter, at least not at this point in his career. So you didn't lose like your starting left tackle, for instance, anything like that, where you would have to really be making some adjustments. So, um, I mean, that's a good thing. It's a great thing. Um the reason why I'm pausing. Yeah, I know you're pausing. I, I think everybody listening is probably wondering, why isn't Scott letting Jeff talk at all? Uh, I'm sorry, because I'm communicating with our guests yes. right now. Good. And so that's... I, I that's About what, when we get him on? Yes. And Well, and when we get to... When he when wait, he's ready, because we're just waiting for him to call. Yeah. We will stop. Sure. And, and go then, right to him. Right, right. It's one of those... It's one of those... It, it's very fluid, because... We can't be. We can't go talk to him. Yeah, we're we not, can't bring him into the studio. You know what? That's the hardest damn thing: not being able to be down. Fortunately, we have people that. that are clear to be down there that are that are nice enough to help us out. So he's going to be on the phone with us eventually, but it's a little hard to say exactly when. So we're just we're just waiting for him. Yeah, we're gonna get him. And if it's while we're still doing this segment, we'll just shut it down and run over there. Yeah, yeah. Get it's, it down. I mean, just shut it down and then start up again with him. Yeah, I'm sorry. He, I, it just. You're you know, pulling back the curtain. You're letting them see down well, the fifth wall. Yeah. Well, sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. That it's just not all. You know, I didn't want. You, I didn't want everyone to think that you put me to sleep. I just. You know, <laughs> you were giving out great information. Not and, that you heard any of it. No, I did. I did. And and, I, and I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna rope back. You mentioned about the tallest guy now, uh, but who used to be the tallest guy was Demar Dotson. Yeah. And Dot was always one of our. Salty Dog favorites. He, yes, he was, he was on, our very first guest. Wasn't yeah, he? he was awesome, and uh, we actually had we him on a couple of times. And um, would like to say congratulations to him because he did get picked up. Okay, so I didn't see that. I know he went to Denver, mm-hmm. and he was talking to Denver, but I didn't see that they signed I did, him. I think he did a one-year deal. Okay, so yes. he probably had to. You know, every time you see a guy's talking to a team, you know you have to wait probably at least three or four days before, as they go through the COVID testing right. protocol before they will actually be signed. So I personally had not seen that that was a done deal, but I was hoping it would be, and that is great. Right, and that's and that's great news. Um, uh, I mean, I was thinking about it and. You know, it's just the nature of the business. You know, he was here a very, very long time, and sometimes it's just, you know, you you move on. He had a great Buccaneer career. He had a big, yeah, and, and you kind of feel bad about it, but then, um, you know. I don't think there was any hard feelings. And um, he it will go down as one of the best undrafted pickups this team ever made, undrafted rookies. Right. Because if anybody doesn't know, he'd played, I think, all of five college yeah. football games as a defensive tackle. At Southern Miss, he was a basketball player. The 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 funniest. I still love the story where about he the come, cleats. Yeah, about he comes here and there's no cleats, so he cuts out the toes. <laughs> yeah. He he <laughs> thought they would have cleats for him, yeah. so he didn't bring any of his own. Of course, equipment guys when they're bringing people in, they're kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, yeah, try this. They yeah. didn't have like a size 19. <laughs> um, That's funny. But the, 
you know, the what I was starting to get to was, you know, the only the one opt out. I have to be honest here, Jeff. I'm going to be honest. You ready for this? I hope you I, I love are. when people say that because it implies that they were not being honest. Well, that's before. what I, what have you been doing before? You know? It's <laughs> like someone goes, "Hey, you look nice today." I All go, right. "Oh, what the hell? What did I look like before?" Yeah. Uh, just take a compliment, Jeff. It's hard. You look great today, Jeff. Thank you. Um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, you're talking. About oh, okay. So I was going to be honest about if people opting out. If no, not that specifically, okay. but if you talk to me in like mid July. Mm-hmm. I was getting pretty worried about the NFL season. Mm-hmm. And it's still not a done deal. No. But I feel way more confident now that it's going to happen and it's going to happen in full than I did in mid-July. I feel real confident that at least the first week's going to happen. Ooh. I really I really believe that. I I believe the first week will, will... I think we're going to do more than that. Well, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying is... is I mean, a lot's going to be... Uh, a, a lot's going to happen... Um, I think you get a much better feel when they start practicing and they start, you know, really hitting each other and being close and, and well, a more game like environment. Yeah, but I mean, if this system is working, it shouldn't. It should be okay anyway because. Well, you're tested. Yes, you're tested before you can. You're you're clear before you can come in this building. Right. Um, Which, by the way, I did pass. I did again for the fifth time this week. Yeah, uh, they went a little deeper though this time, which was not great. I think it depends on who's doing it. Because no, mine was really mild. I had the 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 lady who has been very mild the last two times, and this time she maybe was you made her back mad. up by the brain. Maybe well, she was listening to Salty Dog and heard it and said, "Oh, I'm gonna." Maybe I made her mad because she was in the she was in the trailer when I had to have the blood test, and I acted like a baby, like I always Were do. You, was that the screaming I heard? <laughs> I didn't scream. I don't scream. <laughs> And so far, I haven't okay. passed out, but I've been okay. close. Okay, Scott. I won't say another I do, word. I, I, repeat, um, I repeat curse words, but uh-huh. not very loud. Right. And I apologize profusely before and after to the... Most of those people, almost all of them that take your blood, are so dang good at it yeah. that it doesn't, it doesn't really hurt at all. The key is just turn your head I, and think about things. You think I things. look at it? Yeah. No. And I can't think of other things. But anyway, let's not talk about that. Yeah. What I was saying was that I feel like so far it's going pretty well. It. I know where you're going with this. And you're right. They're testing and everything. Here's the key. What do you do when you leave the facility? Well, right. So I said so far key. it's going yeah, pretty well. And not only – and, and <clears throat> this, this kind of goes out. It has a lot of arms to it is – you go home, but you have a son. Where's he been? You know, people have little kids. If they're, you know, the, the decision of do you send your kids to school or not send your kids to school. So let's say you do send your kids to school. Well, now, in a normal circumstances, they're like little Petri dishes coming back in. So you have all these moving parts of um, not only here at the facility, but to your point, if you do end up you it it's you know about it before it really becomes an issue i'm hoping mm-hmm. because of how often they're testing and uh, did you see the story about how the nfl is trying to come um see if they can get the point of care testing yeah point of care testing which if anybody doesn't know what that phrase means it means that now they when you are tested like nasal swabbed the specimen or whatever you want to call it, the sample goes off site to be tested somewhere else, which puts a lag in the results. Mm-hmm. Point of care testing would be you get tested and it and it's the results are can be had right there. Fifteen minutes. So that way 
you wouldn't even worry about, okay, the guy cleared yesterday, but mm-hmm. he went home in the last 24 hours and was and, and contracted it. And one of the stories I was uh, was reading is that when the test when that test first came out, it had only an 85 percent chance of accuracy. Oh, that's not very good. Which wasn't because you know that that that's kind of scary. However. They made adjustments or improvements, and now it's like ninety something percent. And well, that would make me feel even more confident. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm just saying we had three guys that went on the COVID reserve COVID list, and they're all back off of it. One of them, Aka Cedric Ware, was also subsequently waived, but they're all back off of it, and um, none none else have gone on. And I don't, I have not seen a wave of news around the league. Mm. About it. so it feels like it's going fairly well so far. Much better than baseball is going. Yeah, well, you just had a couple people make big mistakes, and and it led to everything. Uh, yeah, I know it's your it, point. You, it's your point exactly. You, you brought it right around. Good job. And uh, unfortunately, one of the two teams that did so was my team, mm-hmm. the Cardinals, who have played five games. Yeah, out of sixty, not going well. Not going well. Yeah, but I think that uh, you know I I'm 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 optimistically cautious <laughs> isn't it cautiously optimistic yeah that too <laughs> um the i'm optimistically cautious <laughs> i am it's like i don't think i'm going to get hit <laughs> when i buy a car when i cross the road and but was, i was going to be but, very but careful was, about it It does make sense right it does <laughs> i'm go, i'm going out today i hope you know i mean come on now um you're making me lose my train at the oh uh i made you lose your thought of train yes the the fact that um, college football seems to be in a conundrum. Ooh, ooh, go for that word. Go. Can, Come on, Jeff. You can do I it. I can't. I got to think about it. Do you want me to walk you through it? I kind of say co co none none drum. There you go. Conundrum. Very good. I'm a profe- go write it on the board now. I'm a professional speaker. <laughs> <laughs> go write it on the board for the rest of class. Um, it is interesting how, you know, since we're talking about all of this, how uh, some colleges are saying, no, we're not going to do it. Others are saying, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. Conferences. At it. Yeah. Conferences are saying it. Well, also, well, but colleges. Well, are, no, but the, the reason I'm making yeah. that distinction is if you take Big Ten, for instance, mm-hmm. the conference voted to shut it down, but several of the coaches are saying we really should be playing. But it was like majority rule, though, right? Well, it was also not the coaches that were voting. No. I'm pretty sure Michigan's, whoever the rep was, yeah. president, um, AD, whatever, voted to shut it down, yeah, but he's, he, he, I believe he's a doctor. So, okay. Harbaugh, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, Ryan Day is that the mm, yeah. Ohio State guy. And Everybody's Penn all State. cranked up. Yeah. I, I think, I think it would be harder for college. Way to, harder. Yeah. Then way harder to control rather than these, these, some of these guys are kids. They're all kids. We're hoping that we're hoping that our young and not as young men all make good decisions. Imagine if you're you're asking eighteen year olds, hundreds of them. Yeah, and I think on a college campus. I believe the mindset right now is, "Hey, every action you do is going to affect me, so don't affect my money." <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, don't affect, uh, and not even really saying money. You just say, "Don't affect mm-hmm. my livelihood." I get the point. Um, so, yeah, it'll be it'll be. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I was at the stadium earlier today, and uh, I was getting. Starting to feel like, yeah, this is a time of year because it's really been hard to get into that football mode with with well, the way things have been. So going. real real practices roll around next Monday. Yep. I mean, real full practices where they can do one on ones and 
seven and seven and nine on nine and full team and all that. So what do you want to see? What 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 are you looking forward to seeing? You want me to go first? While you think about it? Well, I know what I want to see. What everybody wants to see. Everybody wants to see Tom, Tom Brady, Brady throw. <laughs> and then and then you want to see if, if Gronk can catch. And then well, you we have see... already seen that, though, and what yeah, they've been I, doing. No, no. but I, and then, What new that they can do. Right. I, I want to see the wide receiver DB one-on-ones. I want to see how well our defense plays against them. Yeah. I want to see how well they, they adjust. Right. Because if you talk about, I mean – I, I I always kind of laugh because when it's your offense against your defense, it's kind of hard to cheer. I mean, because you get a pick and then you get, and you yeah, look to see who the quarterback is and yeah, you hope it's your third string guy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so I, I am looking forward to. And I was thinking about this as as Tom Brady practices and how he does. You talk about really getting our defense on their toes the whole time. Not that they they weren't, but it's just how how it'll come apart. So yeah, well. I like the idea of the receiver DB one-on-ones because that's a fun drill to watch already. Right. But two two big questions for me coming into this is what's the receiver depth going to look like after Evans and Godwin? Mm-hmm. Because you have nine guys back there who have combined for 36 regular season NFL catches in right. their careers. So there can be some guys that you like there. You might really like Scotty Miller as an example, but you we can't say that anybody's proven. No. So – that's the thing that has to be worked out. Who's going to fill out the rest of that receiver depth chart? Who's going to be the guy who gets the most snaps as your third receiver? I know we have great tight ends, and we'll probably see more two tight end sets this year, but that doesn't mean that any team is going to go away from 11 personnel, three receivers, which is now the most common set in the NFL. Almost true for true across the board, but also true for almost every single team. I think Baltimore, Seattle, maybe there's a couple uh, exceptions, but almost everybody – runs the majority of their offensive snaps out of 11 personnel. So even if your third receiver isn't putting up huge numbers like Brashad Perryman didn't for the first half of last year, he's still on the field a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's one side of the coin. On the other side of the coin, you have your cornerbacks, who one of the best stories last year was the second-half emergence of the trio of Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, and Sean Murphy Bunting. By the end of the year, that looked like a really good three. Very good. Basically, there's three starters because the nickel is basically a starter. Are those guys that good? And furthermore, are they ready to get him better? How you know, without an off season, other than film study and some work on their own, were they able to progress? Are they gonna regress a little bit? Are they gonna step right on the field in week one and be as good as they were week seventeen of last year? I don't believe so. I don't believe any team's gonna be as good as they yeah. were on week seventeen. But those guys in particular because we were really worried for about a year and a half that this even though there'd been a lot of draft assets dumped into the secondary that it just wasn't coming around. And then that's a double-edged sword because if you draft a bunch of corners and safeties in the second and third round and they don't pan out, not only did you not solve that problem, but you also could have been picking other positions there. So you could have had depth at linebacker, offensive line, stuff like that. But then they came around and now they're like, okay, this is great. Mm-hmm. Now we're in great shape. Mm-hmm. So those receivers trying to prove that they can be on the team versus those corners that are trying to prove that they what they did in the second half last year is what they are, and it's a starting point for them. That's why I want to watch those drills. Yeah, I, I yeah, you make valid points there. I actually, I just want to go watch the whole damn thing. <laughs> I really, I really do. I am, uh, I, I'm very, very excited. You know, okay. trying to, all right, temper it down. Let's be cool. Let's not overthink all of this. But I think there's a lot of. There's a lot of opportunity. 
I don't want to say potential. There's a lot of opportunity for this team to do something. It's just a question of will they be able to. But I think first week of the NFL is not going to be like gangbuster sure. NFL. I just sure. don't. It'll, I don't. Be, it'll be a bit ragged. I, yeah, I don't care what team yeah. it is. I, I, kind of like dur- Kind of like during the strike season. Blowing assignments. Mm-hmm. 2011. Mm-hmm. So the, the good news is, is that if you're mentally there and you can create some positive uh, – momentum winning some games when you're when you're not at your best to be fair i think that was called a, a, i think that was a lockout and not a strike i just want to i'm be, sorry. i just want to be I'm fair i'm sorry i'm sorry 1987 was definitely that's a strike. right that's right i should not say 1982 it. was definitely a strike was it a lockout or what yeah i thought it was, it was a lockout yeah. but i mean it's basically the same thing yeah it's it comes from the same when position. we had a disruption of play of <laughs> uh, training uh, camp yeah off yeah. season there was no off season that year no so, hey is that our guy on the phone uh, yeah. Oh well, then let's uh, let's uh, let's cut this off right here. Okay. And start up again with him. Very Sound good. Sound good to you? We're there. All right. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute, and we'll be joined by rookie linebacker Chappelle Russell. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. As I mentioned previously, I'm Scott Smith. Yeah, I'm Jeff Ryan. And uh, now we have a third person in the studio with us, at least virtually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that person is rookie linebacker Chappelle Russell, our first guest of the season. Chappelle, man, thanks. I'm looking at your schedule here. It's busy. So thanks oh, for your time, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you all for having me. I, th- I feel right, pretty man. good right now with all this texting that I've been doing that I got him on. So you can never insult me that I'm not capable of texting very well, Scott. And he wants to prove that he's less than 50 years old. Chappelle, <laughs> hey, man, you know, normally we'd ask a guy at this point what he thinks of Tampa so far after being here for a couple months, but you probably haven't seen much of it, have you? I haven't seen anything at all. I've been, honestly, after workouts, you leave the facility, you just come home, you just want to relax. And honestly, we're not even allowed to do anything if we want to do anything. So it's better just to be in the house, staying away, you know, stay in your book, watch a little TV, play a video game or something like that. But besides that, I've been I know this today was really the first kind of real practice. Mm-hmm. You, 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 there's no way you can really answer this question for sure, but uh, what do you think the Bucks are going to do with you in terms of defense and special teams? Where do you fit? Um, right now, I feel like a big special teams guy. Um, as far as special teams, you know, I just come in every day. I'm just t- taking in everything from the vets, you know, everything that they're telling me and passing messages. So I'm just soaking it all in uh, day by day, um, you know, because as the installs go, um, you know, they look at me as obviously I'm a rookie, so they look at me as you no. Know, my my mind might not translate as fast as their mind translate when they start talking scheme and things like that. On top of special teams and defense, so um, lately I've just been leaning on the older guys. You know, just making sure making sure I'm where I'm supposed to be, uh, communicating real real well, playing and play out. Um, special teams, I feel like that'll be my biggest role to start, especially you know, us being behind. You know, we got a great linebacker room: Levante, David, Devin White, Kevin Mentor, Jack Sitchie. You know, everybody's in the room. Noah Dawkins, you know, we all got some – everybody that can play. So, right now I'm just taking in everything I can from Devontae. Um, just learning. Just just really just learning right now. In defense, I'm just focused on learning and just being where, being where I'm supposed to be, you know, doing my 111s and just being accountable. With the way things have been going, everything's over Zoom right now. How have you adapted to that, having meetings on Zoom? Do you find it to be that you can learn? Because that's always the big question. How much can yeah. you actually – learn off of the, the Zoom? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Zooms are real effective. Um, after a while, I mean, 
2020 been a crazy year, but I, I, at this point, I feel like we we, we just been adjusting, uh, adjusting day by day. And Zoom is what we had to adjust with. Um, so you had to learn, um, you know, just, just you know, to pull your, pull your notebook out and just take notes and everything. You know, you got a question, you know. Now you can just go from a Zoom to a one-on-one FaceTime call opposed to being with your group. So, um, you know, Zooms has been very, they, they've been very effective. You know, over the summer, you know, we put a lot of things in, just talked about a lot of things that actually had me, I would say not a step ahead, but I, I had a good foot in the door uh, as far as scheme and things like that because we talked about it in the summer. So when we started installing, when I first got here, it was things I already heard and I was already familiar with. So it wasn't too hard to pick up on things. When you, uh, when you were drafted, we got to talk to you uh, on a, a call like this, and uh, you talked a lot about all the obstacles that you had to overcome as you're coming up, um, evicted with your mom and some of the other family members and didn't have a car, uh, lots of stuff. And I don't want to try to accumulate it all in one, but what I took from it was uh, the, the positive part of it was it seemed like the parents of your high school coach took you in and became very important parts of your life. And I just wanted to know if you wanted to talk about those people and what they mean to you. I think you said they were with you at the draft. Yeah. Honestly, it's, um, it's like, it's unthinkable of how, how much, you know, they invested in me, you know, throughout high school. Um, those two, uh, those two parents, I would call them, uh, Barbara Clark and Larry Clark, you know, basically my grandparents, you know, um, honestly, they just invested so much time in it and so much time in me and, and what I had going on. And for me to lead a house, I mean, well, my mother would say I left the nest and, you know, n- no mother wants their son to leave the nest too early. And, you know, but it was just something we just had to adapt to, you know, we had to just adjust how, how we're adjusting now in 2020. I just had to adjust, you know, and just become comfortable in my situation. And, um, they took care of me, you know, they kept a roof over my head, fed me, took me to practice, you know, they, everything I needed to do. And I'm grateful for them. Uh, I also want to say rest in peace to Mrs. Barbara Clark. Um, oh. the, this, this pandemic, you know, this pandemic, you know, it, it got the best over her immune system. Oh. But, you know, rest in peace to her, you know, she, she's a, she got a gracious soul. I know that the only thing she wants me to do right now is keep it filling my dream and keep working hard. So I'm going to do my part for her. And I know she's watching, so I'm gonna just make sure I can hear her screaming. She's calling me Shea Pale in the in the stands, but I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just keep going hard for her. And, you know, Larry Clark's still around, so I'm gonna just, but I'm I'm gonna just keep going hard. You know, I'm just keep doing what I've been doing, making them proud, also making my family proud, of course. Hey, our condolences to you. It's all right. Not very, that. very much so. That. You yeah. had to deal with the passing of your father too, right? From cancer. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean. It's like, as I look at it as like, you know, every time, you know, some good happens, some bad has to come with it, you know? Um, and it happens. It's crazy when my father, you know, got taken away years ago, it was as soon as I got to college. And, you know, Barbara Clark, you know, my grandmother got taken away from me right before the NFL. Like, wow. it's, it, like it's crazy. And it was two real, real, you know, sentimental close people that, that was really involved in my life, you know? So, um, you know, it definitely weighed on me, but I'm, I'm just using that as motivation. Like, I've been doing my whole life. You know, I'm just keep pushing. Which which takes me to your comeback player in college. It sounds like all your life experiences has actually molded you to who you are right now. And all, yes, that's, going, all that's going on right now, you seem to be adapting quite nicely 
for yes, all sir. of us. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of crazy. I do, I do want to ask you this question, though, uh, on a little lighter note. Um, <laughs> you actually got to go to Rome during your college yeah. days, and you spent <laughs> a week over there doing hospitality. Yeah. Now, now, how does someone get a week's class in Rome? How does that work? <laughs> Um, you know, shout out to my academic staff out there at Temple. Um, you know, Justin Miller, he had a great program. Uh, you know, Justin Miller, Jody. Um, you know, the, the, it was a collective group of staff members, you know, that came together and just thought, um, why not go to Rome? And we could make something as far as where athletes could go. So I was one of the one of the few football players that went. It was also, you know, some field hockey players, some soccer players, you know, just, just to get everybody there, you know, and everybody experienced, you know, everybody just can't look at it. Just football went, you know, so it was a little bit of everybody, you know. It was a great experience. Um, just being in Rome, um, Rome, Italy, we went to Venice as well. It was just, it was just a great sightseeing. Um, it's definitely something you want to go back to, you know, from the shopping point of view to the, the historic <laughs> view, the, you know, just being like the whole vibe, but just being out the country, you know, not everybody gets that chance. So for Temple to, you know, have that opportunity out for, for a student athletes, that was great. You know, they also had an opportunity where students could go to Japan as well. So, you know, they just keep extending things and extending things and just allowing student athletes to see more and more. What would you be doing, you think, if you weren't a football player? Um, I would be trying to get some somewhere involved in like the media world. Um, I really want to be my own. Um, I was working on my master's program that I still have to finish. My master's program was an innovation entrepreneurship. So um, as as I'm able to eventually have time to go back and work on that, I will really learn, you know, how to be my own businessman. And I feel like, you know, I got the right history in my life, the background, the story, the connections, you know, to, you know, get things rolling. So if that doesn't work and football doesn't work, I think you can do broadcasting because you're pretty darn good you know, right out of the box. So this is this yeah, is easy. We ask a question and you give really great answers. So we appreciate that. I appreciate y'all. You know, I'm just trying to help as much as I can. <laughs> it, it has to be, and we'll let you go here in just a second, but it just has to be crazy to come into the league. You've been dreaming of this, I imagine, for a couple of years. And to come into the league in this situation, you're getting tested constantly. Everybody – basically has to stay in a voluntary bubble if possible. It's not what you probably envision, but I mean, are you making the most of it? You know, I'm making the most of it. I'm just, I'm grateful. You know, I'm, I'm embracing everything. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm still in the NFL. I still, I'm still a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. You know, I'm going to embrace that to the fullest. You know, um, I'm just going to take advantage of every opportunity that comes my way. You know, um, like I said, I've been leaning on the older guys and I know how to work. So I'm just going to take my, you know, take what I know how to do and take from what I'm learning from the older guys, and I'm just run, run, run with that. Have you tried to talk to Tom Brady? Uh, not, <laughs> uh, not personally. But, uh, <laughs> not personally. Are you stalking him? What? <laughs> <laughs> how old uh, were you? How old were you in 2000? Three years old. <laughs> <laughs> that was his first year in the league, man. Three years. Huh? Yo, it's how he's been doing so well, so just showing greatness for years and years and years. And for him to be on the field with us is like like a movie. Like it kind of feels like when you watch him on the sideline, it's like that's really Tom Brady. Like everything kind of blurs out a little bit, and it's like it's Tom Brady. It's crazy. So, so are you ready? Are you ready for pads? You ready for all of that? You ready for the fun yeah. part of camp? 
Yes, sir. I'm ready to go. We, we've been waiting on this for a long time. You know, a lot of guys have been working out, training for, for months and months and months and months and months and months. And everything's been getting postponed and pushed back. So I'm pretty sure we're all eager to put them pads on it. Really see what we got. Really, really see what we got this year, you know. Um, you know, as far as everybody know, you know, we got a lot of hype and all and everything like that. But, you know, we're still the Bucks right now. We have to make sure we establish ourselves in plenty of things. All right, Chappelle, we really appreciate your time. Like I said, I know you have a busy schedule. So uh, we just wanted to help Bucks fans get to know you a little bit. So thanks for your time, man. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Before you hang up, are we allowed to Are we allowed to say that you prefer to be called Deuce? Yeah, you're allowed to say that. Okay. Cause All right. I, I like that. <laughs> well, I mean, I see it on the screen, so I'm thinking, yeah, we're breaking stories here, the old salty dogs, you know. Well, Jeff, I actually mentioned that at the very beginning, but you probably didn't hear it because you're old and your hearing's going. No, that was before we were recording. <laughs> that was before the show started. <laughs> we we certainly appreciate you, man. Thank you. you. We do this with each other. Yeah, yeah. This has nothing to do with you. We just mean to each other. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye. The Salty Dogs. Okay, we're back here for our third segment on this Salty Dogs podcast, and that was fun talking to. First time we got to talk to Chappelle. I, I'm excited. Interesting oh, stories. Yes, I'm excited simply because it's really the first interaction, and usually by this time we get in the training camp, you pretty much have talked talk to the to guys. Yeah. yeah, you know, you introduce yourself, you tell them what you do, you know, you, you let them know, hey, you know. You could be on the Salty Dogs if you play your cards You right. know what I'm not loving about our, our new uh, studio here? What's that? It's right in the path of all these people coming back from getting lunch. I know. And well, I'm hoping they're not out of it by the time we're done here. I don't think so, because <laughs> I thought lunch was from noon to one, but I guess they're... they're no, they always set up by 1130. Oh, well, see... I Might have to make a run today uh, if we well, miss it. No, we won't, because all we're going to do is questions and Yeah, but sometimes here. this takes a while. Well... Let's get to it, then. By the way... Um, I don't have a question from our most common questioner, okay. uh, Alexander from San pa- Sao Paulo today, mm-hmm. but he did write after hearing me say, because I don't know much about this, do you drive a boat? Is that what you say? Drive a boat? Yeah. And you said, yeah. He said, I think it's pilot a boat. I think he's right. Well, you pilot a ship. You don't pilot a boat? Yeah, you're a cat. Yeah, I don't. Do you pilot well, a maybe, sea-do? Maybe you pilot it, but. You know. It sounds right to me, Usually, Jeff. Usually when I've been on a boat, it's like, okay, uh, you know. Who's piloting the yeah, boat you now? Pi- you pilot while I while while I throw the chum out. You, you know. steer. Yeah, maybe. Steer the boat. Yeah. Take the wheel. Sink the take the wheel. Yeah, take the wheel. Take the wheel and drive. Yeah. All right. All right. Our first question comes from Kevin from Lando Lakes. Oh. By the way, all the questions, all the three that I have today, were nice and short, which I like. Sometimes it takes forever to read them. Yeah. I mean, doing it by email gives you a chance to go longer. Sure. But you can, you know, if you can be concise and get your question out there, that's great. So Kevin says, I'm dying of curiosity to know what is up with the players and the sports bra looking things they are wearing this year during training camp. Are they used for monitoring the athlete's workout or is it the in thing, in quotes, in fashion this, this year? Yeah, it's definitely a fashion thing. Yeah, no question. Thanks for always producing a great podcast. Well, you get the you get the uh, accolade for producing the podcast. Oh, okay. He said for producing. You're the producer. You all do right. all the productive work. You're the content guy. I'm just the guy who yammers on. Okay. Um, I would say that it's a fashion statement because <laughs> the guys that are wearing it <clears> – <throat> have reasons to be fashionable with minimal shirts on. Well, they're all wearing it. Yeah. They just, some of them don't put a shirt on over it sometimes. The old linemen are wearing Everybody's it? wearing them. I didn't see the old linemen wearing them, too. Are the old linemen wearing yeah. them? Really? Because it's a, 
It's from right. a company called Catapult. And by the way, they're not new this year. We yeah. used them last year, too. Right. Um, it's a monitoring system. It monitors a number of metrics so our strength and conditioning staff can help the players maximize their performance and recovery. It is pretty cool. So I looked it up just to see what some of those metrics were. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Bucks were one of five teams that started using this last year. Because before looking it up, what I would have said, and it's not inaccurate, is it tracks everything they do out there. So coaches know how far guys run during a practice. They know how many reps he took. And they, they monitor every guy's reps because there's a certain number of reps that they want every guy to get to during, say, a series of OTAs yep. or a training right. camp. It's probably different this year. Yeah, There's probably different targets, but they have target reps for everybody. So they know if a guy hits it, okay, you can you can slow down. Maybe back him up, maybe back him cut off. off his reps a little bit the next yeah. day or, or the other yep. way around if he's not getting enough reps. But also just every everywhere they run, all they're running. You know, so you know how much the guys run. They can they and they can make these metrics specific to positions. Right. They can know how many times a quarterback has thrown the ball. We we had as an uh, example. Yeah. You know, now that you're saying that, it's all coming back. And they can take for an offensive lineman. They can um, they can monitor how many times they came in contact with another player and what the load was in all those contacts. So they they basically know how much hitting in total a guy's yeah, taking. That's cool stuff, right? Yeah. It uses things like uh, GPS and I hadn't heard of local positioning, but LPS. Um, it helps optimize performance, reduce injury risk. They use inertial sensor data. It uses ac- accelerometers, gyroscopes, and magnetometers. I mean, it's pretty high tech stuff. It's crazy, and it's all for ma- it's all for basically recording and knowing as well as you possibly can, as detailed as possibly can, what your players are doing. Wow, and it, pretty cool, right? Yeah, and what happens then is it becomes even more valuable as the season goes on, and yeah. you're starting to wear right. your body down. Yeah, we've given can, this guy a lot of work. Yeah, they can they can figure it out. I mean, uh, but back to your point, yes, like Jordan yeah. Whitehead walks out yeah, on the field I mean, with just on. that on. If you can't, it's like a halter that, and his giant bulging muscle. That's what I mean about a fashion statement. <laughs> I mean, a guy that wears it without anything underneath. I mean, I mean, honestly, if I was that guy, I yeah, would too. Sure. You, yeah. yeah, I mean, sun's out, guns out if you have them, right? Right. All right, that, that was a good question. A great question. Kevin, thank you. for. Like I said, he told us where he's from, Lando Lakes. The next mm-hmm. two guys, they're both guys, did not. Okay. haven't had a question from a female listener yet. Okay. By the way, you can send questions, email them to saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com, and I get those. I have that mailbox, so oh. send them in. I was wondering why I didn't see anything. Right, I guess I should point out, like we have last year, point out once again that I have the advantage of seeing these questions, yes. and Jeff always comes in cold. Well, it's it's more fun that way. It is fun because for me, I'll, too. Because I'll give you an answer out of nowhere. And sometimes they'll be just tragically wrong. Yes. Like when you thought NFL went to went, went to 12 games right. to 14 in right. 1976, which was so, so What wrong. year was it? You looked up. It was like 1961. Very good. I just want to make sure if you were listening. And then I knew that they went from 14 to 16 in 1978. Yes. Continue. And we may soon be going to 17. Yes. I'm not 20, 21. I'm not a fan. Me neither. Continue. Jeff and Scott. So Cameron Jordan of the Saints says that they're the team to beat in the NFC South. I saw that. And mm-hmm. not the Bucks. Right. What do the saltiest of dogs think about those comments? Don't hold back. And this is from Zach in California. I think he has every right to say that. <laughs> exactly. He's I, right. I, I, I Listen, call it as you see it. Yeah. Call I, it as you see it. You know what? You haven't proven me wrong yet. So I'm I, saying it. I doubt there was a single player or coach 
on our roster yeah. that had any issue whatsoever with yeah. that statement. They went 13-3 last year. They went 13-3 the year right. before, and they won the division three straight years. They are the team to beat. Yes. Now, we are hopeful that we have the tools now to do so, but yeah, you have to prove it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and when you're top dog, you get to you get to talk that way. Yeah, sure. I I, um, I kind of respected it because you know I would I would think they would be saying that they're not. I mean, right now, if if we got if teams got trophies for the best off season, we'd have a <laughs> slew of trophies. So in Cleveland, yeah, but that's not where it's at. So yes. no, I, I respect what he said. I think that sure. Um, now if if the team proves him wrong, then of course it, it's going to be a whole lot of fun going back at you. And, I mean, and then next year it'll be like, hey, look who's the team to be yeah, in now, Cameron? But yes, it has to happen. So first. I, 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 I kind of like it. I, I think that's fair. It's going to be, um, you know, the entire NFC South. This is is just loaded with offensive weapons. I noticed mm-hmm. there was. A, you ever been on the the uh, website The Ringer? No. Anyway, sports stuff, pop culture stuff, but uh, it's pretty good. In any case, they, one of their writers did a thing where he ranked all 32 teams' pass-catching groups, basically the six top guys that be catching passes, whether it was four receivers and one back and one tight end, or in our case, probably three receivers and two tight ends and a back or something like uh-huh. that. We He ranked us second behind Olin Kansas City. Wow. But all four NFC South teams were in his top 13. But to see the NFC South is always kind of – it's kind of unfair because – because the NFC South has always beat each other up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We need to start being part of the ones giving out the beatings, though. Right. Because we haven't won a division title since 2007. I know. Shoo. Um, but New Orleans was fifth. Atlanta was 11th. Carolina even is 13th, mm-hmm. um, which would have been the one. With or without Cam? Well, I'm talking about pass-catching groups. Oh, okay. Not the quarterbacks. Because uh, they have but if you're Christian pass, McCaffrey. If you're doing pass-catching, doesn't someone have to throw the ball to them? But the point of this was just to rank how good they were no matter who was going to throw the ball. That doesn't make sense to me because – Yeah, it does. Why? If you took our six guys and put them with Teddy Bridgewater, would they do better than the six top guys that the Panthers have right now? Probably so. Our six guys are going to make every quarter. How much better is are these guys going to make any quarterback? Oh, okay. I'm not saying who's going to have the best stats, just who is the best. Okay. Uh, you know, Car- Carolina has um, Curtis Samuel, and uh, you know he's pretty good. And um, what, what DJ Moore is it? Mm-hmm. Blanking on his name. They they're pretty good because they got Christian McCaffrey too. He's really good. Anyway. But okay, that was a bit off the topic. Also, this right? No, that's th- fair. that was from Zach in California. I by see the what way. you're saying. I was just thinking that you know, sometimes quarterbacks make receivers better. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's just a but, different but, but, discussion. But, th- but then on the other side of the coin, sometimes receivers make quarterbacks look better. Absolutely. Johnny Manziel. <laughs> Nobody made him look good. Oh, you mean at Texas A&M? Yeah, they yeah, did because right. they had Mike Evans. They had Mike Evans. Yeah, they had another guy too. I can't think of who. It right. Was right now. So. Okay. Uh, that was from Zach in California. Zach with an H. Thank you, Zach. Do you, you prefer spelling your Zach with an H or a K? Don't care. I think it's better with a K. Yeah. But I guess if your name is Zachary, Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y, you just shorten mm. it to Zach. But if, it that's like a, if that's the case, just go Z-A-C. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, all right. One more question from right. Martin. Okay. No uh, location listed. Hey, what's up with Justin Evans and who are the main safeties going to be this year? Mm. I like where this defense seems to be headed, 
but it seems like there's been a revolving door safety the last couple of years. Thanks, oh, salty ones. And ah. again, that's Martin. I think I get asked about Justin Evans. And I, I really, I didn't have a lot of questions. I'm going to be honest. I didn't have a lot of questions in the inbox this week. So this question's become a little bit boring because mm-hmm. we've, it's been asked so many times here and like on Everywhere. Facebook live show. It's... The the issue, and I don't mean that in a naive way to, ju- to Justin Evans. I'm just saying there's just never been much more to Add to say. It. Yeah. The poor guy has not been on the field for a season and a half because right. of foot issues. And that's terrible. It's crazy. It's just, yes. it's just I feel I've, bad uh, for Yeah, Ex- that's... The news, I guess since the last time I've discussed this here, the news is that he started training camp on the active PUP list, mm-hmm. which he did last year as well and never made it back to the field. I know at the end of last season there was some hope he'd be ready to go, maybe even by OTAs, but at least by training camp. So being put on active PUP doesn't, in and of itself isn't in of itself reason to be terribly worried because the only reason you do it at the start of camp is so that if you want to, you can then put them on reserve PUP when the season starts. If you don't do A, you can't do B. Mm-hmm. So if you're on active PUP, you still count against the 80-man the limit, mm-hmm. and you can be activated at any time. So the only point of it is to keep open that other option. But last year, that's what happened, and he was on that all year. So it can't really be considered a good sign when there was some hope he'd be ready for camp, and he's not. <clears throat> I hope we see him back on the field within a week or two, but the window is, is – the time is running out for him to impress this coaching staff, unfortunately. Yeah, it it it's, it just goes to show, you know. I mean, you, you think you're going to make it, and all of a sudden it's a weird injury. I mean, he was very he, – was, he looked very promising as a rookie. Very much so. He was a bit up and down in his second year before he got hurt, but I don't think that by any means had the team given up on him. No, and I never and, – and as rookies, I always kind of feel like you're going to be up and down. You know, hopefully you're not, but I think it's yeah. just that first year. Well, that was the second year, though. Yeah. Very right. athletic guy. Very athletic guy. I think he's a hard hitter. Hopefully he'll be back. And the, who are the main safeties going to be there? So that's This year, that's that's one of the big, and along with third receiver, that's one of the big things, big things. to be resolved team. in training camp. Yep. Um, I mean, you got to at least start with Jordan Whitehead because he's essentially been a starter for all of his two years. Yep. Um, I'm sure he'll get the first first team reps to start camp. The other one. It's, I would think it's wide open between, I mean, last year, the incumbent is actually Andrew Adams. Can't count him out. No. But the Buccaneers drafted Mike Edwards in 2019 and Anton Winfield in 2020. And you got to think I'm ex- they're very interested in those I am guys. excited about Winfield. I know. I think that would be the best case scenario if he's as good as they think he is and he's in the starting lineup. Quickly. Well, it's kind of unfair because his dad was really, really good. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, his dad also coached him a lot. But uh, watching his interviews – uh, I was pretty impressed with his demeanor. I just kind of thought, you know, he seemed like that kind of guy. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing him on the field, very much so. I liked LaShawn McCoy's interview. I think we talked about that. He was very good. Yeah. Shady. He, he's a veteran who's done a lot he of He talks them. in the third person. Shady. <laughs> he didn't do that a lot. No. He, what I liked is, is, like he said, you know, he's happy to be here and he's on the team and He's going to you know, yeah. help out the guys. So, Well, that's all I got, that's Jeff. Good. Yeah, that's Episode good. Episode two in the books. Oh, gosh. Already. In the laptop. All right, good. Well, here's the good news. It looks like there's still lunch Yeah, down we can there, see so. the lunch from here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we keep, you know. Yeah, I, I actually had ten I, questions, but I cut it short. I'm just saying. I'm getting like I'm going, <laughs> that guy's getting four scoops. Stop it. <laughs> all right, I'm going to leave you on that. Since you did, thanks for listening.